Dear May, To be honest, I am really nervous to be giving you this letter right now. All my life, I thought about what I would say to you if I had the chance to meet you. I've gone over that scene in my head a million times, my heart pounding a little bit when I think about it. But I know if that, if that moment ever came, I would not be able to speak. But that moment resides in fantasy. You are most likely still in Vietnam, and I am here in the U.S. At the time of this letter, it has almost been about 21 years since I've been adopted. The journey since then has been beautiful, arduous, and personal. And I want to tell you all about it. I expect that we won't really understand each other that well. I mean, even other people here in America don't really understand adoption, myself included. But after all these years, I think the dictionary to describe my life has become large enough to use. So I want to write this letter to you with all the words I've learned throughout my life. My adoption story is very much like a lot of other Asian adoptees. I was adopted into a white, middle-class American family, and I ended up growing up towards the south, midwestern area of the United States. I'll go ahead and preface that I am loved and do love my family. It's not perfect, as soon you'll come to find out in other sections of this letter, but it's mine. My adoption has been celebrated as one of the family's greatest events. Even though my early years were filled with love and acceptance, for the most part, I understood that there was something fundamentally different between me and everyone else in my family. One of my earliest memories reflected this. I was about three to four years old, and I was drawing a picture of my family as animals. Mom came over to check in on me, as moms do. What are you drawing? She asked. Us, I replied. You, Dad, and Jilly are the dogs, and I am the cat, I elaborated, my eyes still focused on my task. She didn't seem to like that answer. Why are you a cat, sweetie? Because I look different, I said plainly. A sad expression ran across Mom's face. Well, if you're going to be a cat, then I'd like to be a cat. I huffed. Okay, well, if you want to be a cat, then I'll be a dog then, I responded. That seems logical, right? No, Annie, you don't understand. You don't have to draw yourself as something different from the rest of us. You're not different than us. You're one of us. You're my daughter, even if you look different. Whatever you are, I am too. As a young child, I did not really understand, nor did I care for what she was telling me. All I wanted to do was draw a family picture. But I understand now how critical this conversation was for me, especially as I went on into elementary school. Hey, Annie, why don't you look like your mom? I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that question. Although usually asked in earnest, as most qu children's questions tend to be, it never quite sat right with me. And my response was always the same. Well, I'm adopted. What does that mean? It means my mom and dad brought me over from Vietnam. Even at a young age, I could see these words whizzing past my classmates' ears. 
Vietnam, adoption, these words didn't really mean anything to them. They were just words. And to a certain degree, I didn't understand these words myself. It was just what my parents told me. So interactions like this just left both parties confused. This perplexity of understanding other people's lives was a lot for me at that age, and it still is. Adoption is just a constant fact for me, and it didn't make a lot of sense when I realized other people didn't have that. I remember the first Asian friend I made, one who did have Asian parents. Her name was Cindy Tong, and we were in Miss Reynolds' kindergarten class. I was really excited to be her friend. Maybe she knew what the word adopted meant. Imagine my surprise when I went to her house for the first time and her parents looked just like her. I might have even asked her, Cindy, why do your parents look like that? Up until that point, every Asian kid I knew was adopted. And somehow, I came to the conclusion that every Asian person was adopted. That was my world. But obviously, Cindy's story wasn't like that. She took off her shoes at the door, and she welcomed me into a very Chinese household. I don't remember too many details, just the deep red walls and polished floors. I'm sure that her parents were just as surprised to see my white mom at their doorstep as I was to see Asian faces greeting us. But my fleeting memory of the Tong family only recollects fondness and understanding. And it would be years until I began to wonder about the different realities I could have occupied. What life could have been like if you and I had emigrated to the U.S. together. I didn't really understand what being Vietnamese meant when I was younger, just that it wasn't Chinese, Korean, or any other of those Asian ethnicities. Even now, I struggle with understanding what it means to be both Vietnamese and American. But I used to be ecstatic about my heritage in those early days of my life. Every chance I got, I wore my Ao Dai to school for cultural events. Many gotcha days, the annual party my parents put on to celebrate me coming home, which is a fairly common event for many other adoptees, had Vietnamese or generic Asian elements incorporated into it. I did so many reports about Vietnam, wanting to learn about this place so far away from me, but its presence marked on my skin. Mom and Dad did their best to expose me to my culture, but times were different back then. Information was not as easy to come by, and connecting with other people outside your own community was even harder to accomplish. The best they managed to do was take me to a few Chinese events, find Chinese adoptee families, and other related things. I even had a picture book detailing a Chinese adoption story, which mom scratched out China and wrote in Vietnam. It definitely was the thought that counts. They were just as confused about all these cultural things as I was. I miss those days, though. Embracing my Vietness was easier than it is now, in some way. Vietnam was my red ao dai. Vietnam was my tan skin. Vietnam was my hooded brown eyes. But I know now that Vietnam is much more than those little things. 
And that realization is overwhelming. There's this phrase from Winnie the Pooh, a child's anthropology here in the Western world. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is that I'm the only one. I really remember this quote in the movie, the Tigger movie. Tigger, the main character, is described as being, well, the only Tigger. But in this movie, he searches for his family. Others like him. He sends a letter out to them, waiting and waiting. But no response ever came. After all that, he came to terms that nothing was ever going to come. I am the only one, he said, the sadness emanating from the screen. I wept. I knew what it was like to be the only one like me, to have questions that were never going to be answered, and to eventually look upon my differences with disdain. At the time, I only knew of one other Vietnamese adoptee. Funnily enough, her adoption was the catalyst for mine. She too was left in Hong Sung, in that exact hospital that a mere few months later would become my own abandonment site. Her mother brought her over and a picture of me at eight days old. And the rest is history. But even with her, this other girl who almost has the exact same story as me, I did not feel understood. We were, are, very different people. Different parents, different upbringing, we didn't even look similar. The words Vietnam and adoption probably never crossed our lips in conversation with each other. Cindy moved away after kindergarten. The next year, I made another Asian friend named Lindsay, who was Filipino. But she too moved away shortly after. And it would be years until I had another Asian friend like that. And subsequently, years before I met another Vietnamese kid my age. May, can you even imagine that? To be, to feel, like the only one like you? To have difference follow you wherever you go? Difference is an inevitability in a story like mine. We tell young children here in the U.S. that our differences are to be embraced, to be accepted. But I often wonder now if we do not talk enough, if at all, about the isolation that differences can bring when no one is seemingly able to see the world through your eyes. I will admit, May that one of my deepest fears is I will never shake the feeling of loneliness I experience when I look into my mirror every day. And I wonder, perhaps wish, that you understand that on some level. Because understanding what it's like to be different is to understand me.